describe to you how excited I am tonight to be in the house of God. Mm. Mm. Praise God. It's a blessing. It's an honor to be in the house of God. I feel feel like Peter when Peter was there on the mount with Jesus and Jesus had been transfigured and Moses and Elijah showed up and Peter said it has been good for us to be here and it is good for us to be here it's good for us to be here I want to read a scripture Psalm 150 together Psalm 150 verses 1 through 6 We'll kick it off like this tonight. Psalm 150, verses 1 through 6. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. All right. Okay, y'all have your Bibles? Okay, we got to do this. Technology is failing all over the country. So let's read it together from New King James Version. Ready, read. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Y'all know well. Very good. Keep going. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty firmament. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him for his... Praise him with the lute and the harp. Praise him with the timbrel and dance. Praise him with stringed instruments and flutes. Praise him with loud cymbals. Praise him with clashing cymbals. Let everything that had breath... Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Come on. Come on, praise him. Come on, praise him. Come on, praise him in this place. Hallelujah. 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 We praise you. We praise you. We glorify you. We magnify you. We adore you. We honor you, God. We glorify you. This is the day you have made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. You're worthy of our praise. You're worthy of our worship. We honor you, God, in this place tonight. Hallelujah. Praise you. Praise you. Praise you. Praise you. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. Oh, we praise you in this place. Oh, God, we just magnify you. We adore you in this place. Father, I can't tell you how thankful I am to you that we can come into your house once again. We're, we're so privileged. So privileged to be able to come into this sanctuary together and to glorify you. Thank you for your thoughts toward us. Thank you for your plans for us. Plans to give us a future and a hope 
plans to prosper us, to do us good, not to do us harm. Thank you, Father, that your plan is to get us to our expected end, which means nothing and no one, not the devil himself, can stop what you're doing in our lives. And so, Father, tonight we count it a privilege and an honor to be in this place. We ask that, God, as we're here, that your presence just fills this room. We know, God, I feel you already in this room. I, I know that you're already here. You, you Lord, I, I brought you with me. <laughs> oh, Lord. I thank you for your anointing. I thank you for your presence. I thank you for the essence of your anointing in this place tonight. And I pray that, God, that you touch every person in this room. Everything wrong, I command to be made right. In the name of Jesus. Every sickness and disease, go now in Jesus' name. Every financial struggle, go now in Jesus' name. Every torturing, tormenting spirit, I command you, go now. In the name of Jesus. And I release the peace of God in this place. Thank you, Father, that your word comes to us and dwells in us richly. Richly. I pray for a divine utterance tonight from the word of God. Thank you that God, as the, as the word comes, our faith grows exceedingly. And our love for each other abounds more and more. We welcome you, Lord, in your fullness, not only to speak the word, but to confirm the word with signs following. We pray for those who are not here, those who may be watching us online tonight. We pray, Father, that God, even in their homes or their jobs or wherever they are, as they're watching, that you enable them to tune in without any hindrance or distraction. That, God, you allow them to receive. I pray that, God, you give them open eyes to see, open ears to hear. Give us all open hearts to receive and understand what you'll speak to us tonight and throughout this week, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. amen. And amen. Put those hands together one more time and give God a praise in this place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, just turn around and wave at everybody and let's just say hello and hi and all that good stuff. Good to see you. You may take your seats tonight in the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. We're so grateful to be in this place tonight. Grateful for what God has done and brought us together. And uh, I'm just really grateful for you all who would uh, come and on, a, on a, what we would call an off night uh, to be together and they, to hear the word of God and, and um, grow by the word of God. The Bible says that um, we should not ever forsake the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but we should do it all the more. So welcome to all the more. This is all the more night. <laughs> Amen. You already been on Sunday. Well, we're going to do it all the more. And Lord, unless Jesus comes, and I don't think he's coming. I know he's not coming tomorrow. Uh, we'll do it all the more tomorrow. We'll do it all the more Wednesday. And if we need more time. I, I mess, I'm, I'm testing. I'm testing the waters right now. If we need more time. We'll come together all the more Thursday, too, and 
till we, till we get the fullness of what God needs us to have. Amen? I mean, you can't go anywhere else anyway. Might as well hang out with Jesus and friends. Amen? All right. Well, let's get right into the Word of God if you're ready. All right, good. Okay, let's open our Bibles to Galatians, please, chapter 3 and verse 13 and 14. Galatians 3, verse 13 and 14. Hallelujah. And tonight, this is our faith-building time. These three nights, however long we can go. Um, you know, when, when the NFL, you know, they're shut down right now, but they'll, they're trying to be on schedule. And when they are on schedule, uh, they're going to come back to uh, training camp. Baseball was suspended while they were in training camp. And what happens in training camp is these professional athletes who, are, who make millions of dollars, they do this every day, they can do this with their eyes closed, they go back to training camp to go back over to basics. All right? Over training camp, you go back over to basics, the fundamentals, to make sure you have the fundamentals nailed down so you know how to, so that when you're in a game uh, through, through muscle memory and rope memorization, you know how to perform uh, under the pressure. Yes, what happens is, if you've not prepared, then when the pressure comes, when it's time to, to perform, uh, you can't do it. But if you've prepared properly and built yourself up, when the, when the uh, time of performance comes, the pressure won't get to you. There are some players in the NFL and NBA, we call, we call them clutch. Y'all know what clutch is. Clutch is when the pressure's on. I want the ball at the end of the game. I want the ball, with, I want the last shot. Michael Jordan, LeBron James, Kobe Bryant, people like that, they wanted the ball. Larry Bird and, and uh, uh, Isaiah Thomas, people like that, they wanted the ball, they wanted the last shot because they were so prepared. They, they dreamt of that moment. As children, they would dream. I know every, every child, when they're playing basketball, my son be playing basketball in, in, the, in the driveway, and you're going to practice a countdown. Five, four, three, everybody does it. So that when the pressure time hits, you're already prepared. You've already seen yourself doing this. And so when pressure comes in life, and pressure's going to come in life, not just now, but all the time, pressure's going to come. When you've prepared yourself properly, you are ready to go. Amen? All right, let's get into this. Galatians 3, verse 13 and 14. Hallelujah. Y'all have that? Okay, let's read all together. Ready, read. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law having become a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. So Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. So we've already told you our subject for uh, these three nights is redeemed from the curse, redeemed from the curse. Now, as you know, you can see the devil's having a lot of fun all over the world right now. The devil is having a blast, having a real good time. He's enjoying himself all over the world because this weapon that he's using, uh, it's a weapon of mass destruction. It's an old weapon, not a new weapon. It's the same weapon he's been using from the very beginning. He used it all the way back in the Garden of, of, of Eden. It's a weapon called fear. Fear in the Garden of Eden? Yes. He, he, told, he, he had Eve thinking that if they didn't eat the fruit, they would not be like God. Although she was already like God. So he's used fear from the very beginning. 
It's the same weapon he's using right now against people all over the world. And that weapon is, is shredding right now the fabric of our society. Don't get too close. Don't talk to anybody. Everybody's a suspect. Blame a certain group. You're going to blame the Asians. Then you're going to blame the rich. Then you're going to blame the poor. Then you're going to blame the church. And you're going to blame everybody. Some, so it, it rips at the fabric of society because of this fear um, that the devil is using against the world. And what, what happens is he's a bully. And as a bully, uh, he knows bullies ought to take advantage of every situation if they can find a person who will cower down in fear. Bullies really ain't got nothing. Let me say that properly. It's going all over the world. Bullies really don't have anything. But they use fear as a tactic. It's a, it's, they, they weaponize fear such that the person who is in fear, they cower down and don't do anything. And if I don't do anything, then the bully can just kind of have his way with me. That's exactly what the devil is doing to people all over this planet, including people in the body of Christ. And my job here in these three nights is to get the bully up off people. Can you say Amen. We're going to get that bully up off people. Amen. He's a bully. The Bible says, in fact, put in the scripture up on the screen, 1 Peter 5 and verse 8. 1 Peter 5 verse 8 says that we have an adversary. Be sober, be vigilant. Be vigilant, rather. Because we have an adversary, the devil. It says he walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Now, notice it says he walks about like a roaring lion. Like a roaring lion. Say like. So he's like a roaring lion. It didn't say he is a roaring lion. It said he's like a roaring lion. And he's, that, that means he's imitating. And so imitators have to imitate the true. They have to imitate the real. So Satan is going about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Now, so there is a real roaring lion. Go on the screen, Amos chapter 3, Amos 3 verse 7 and verse 8. Let's look at Amos chapter 3 and verse 7 and 8. Y'all know Amos 3 verse 7 because I've been giving it to you. Amos 3 verse 7, glory to God, hallelujah, hallelujah. It says, surely the Lord God does nothing unless he reveals his secret to his servants, the prophets. So God has already revealed us what's going on. That's why he was preaching all these messages the last 15 years, 10 years, 5 years, the last year. If you go back over everything we've been teaching, it's preparing us for this moment. All right? So he does nothing unless he reveals the secret to his servants, the prophets. Now look at verse 8. Verse 8 says this. A lion has roared. Who will not fear? And then it says the Lord God has spoken who can but prophesy. Now if you look at that same verse in the King James or the NIV or many other translations, it doesn't say a lion. It says correctly a definite article, the lion. It says the lion has roared who will not fear. The Lord God has spoken. So this is not just a lion. This is the lion. So what has happened, the lion already roared. That's why we've been prophesying. I'll come over here. The lion has already roared. That's why we've been prophesying. So what has to happen is the devil has to come with this fake little roar, this little roar. He has to go about like a roaring lion to try to devour people so that they don't follow what's been prophesied. And your victory has been prophesied. Your manifestation has been prophesied. Your overcoming has been prophesied. Slow down, Pastor. 
it's been prophesied that you win. That the church wins as a whole. So this little puny little funky little lion got to bring his little mess and roar with his fake little roar to distract people from the roar that has already roared and is still resounding. You got it? So there's an imitator, the devil. Okay? Now, the lion is the Lord God. In fact, look over in Revelation 5, 5. Revelation 5. Glory to God. Now get me to help, help me because I'm under a time limit here tonight. It's not regular service. I'm under time limit, so y'all just get, get ahead of me, all right? But one of the elders said to me, do not weep. Tell your neighbor, do not weep. Do not weep. Why not weep? Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has prevailed. Why not weep? Because the lion of Judah has already won. The lion of Judah has already gotten the victory. He's the only one that's already gotten the, the, the victory to open the scroll and loose, loose its seven seals. In other words, the devil can't release anything in this earth until Jesus says so. So the devil is not in charge. You got it? Now we're redeemed from the curse. I'm trying to keep myself under control here. Praise the Lord, because I want to preach, but I got to teach. Hallelujah. Now, so do not weep because the lion of the tribe of Judah has prevailed. He's prevailed. He's overcome. Jesus said in John 16, 33, he said, in the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. In other words, don't weep. I've already overcome the world. You got it? So he already got the victory. And we already have the victory in him. All right, now, so the problem is, is that most people don't know this. And if they don't know this, they will yield to fear. And when you yield to fear, you remain or you become susceptible to the curse. Okay? Now, I'll show you tonight, the curse is out there. The curse didn't just show up. The curse has been here from the very beginning. And if you yield to fear, you, you become susceptible. In fact, throw it on the screen. I'm, all, I'm off, off all script here. Go to Job 3, verse 25. Job 3, verse 25. Y'all know the tragedy Job went through, right? Job lost his, his, all his children, lost all his uh, livestock, all his cattle, everything he had, lost his servants. He lost everything. The only thing he had left was his wife, and she went crazy on him. She couldn't handle it. Right? But Job 23:25, watch what Job says. Now, I, I, I got to teach you like you don't know anything. So you, some of y'all who you, you well, you're scholars, just, just be patient with me. We're going back to basics. I learned this. We went to a, a baseball camp one time at Tropicana Field, with, and we actually had raised players and raised coaches that were there talking to our, our players. This is back when I was coaching baseball. Well, I'm back coaching baseball again. But anyway, uh, as we were there, one thing we learned from, from one of the guys was he said, he said, these professional baseball players who make millions of dollars, he said, every single day they hit off the tee. The tee is the little stand they put the ball on to practice hitting. I, think, I said, no. Nah. He said, yeah, absolutely. 
He said, every single day, they hit off the tee. No, these guys know how to hit home runs, you know, three, three, 400 feet, 500 feet. No, every day, they go back to the basics. So I know some of y'all are scholars, and you know your Bible from left to right, front to back, upside down, and everything. You know all kind of theology and revelation, but you got to go back right now in this moment to... So Job 3.25 says, For the thing I greatly feared has come upon me, and what I dreaded has happened to me. So what brought Job's uh, trial, what brought tr Job's tribulation was his fear. Oh, no. Somebody said, I got I to gotta talk to people online, too. Somebody online is saying, no, the Lord recommended Job. That's what my pastor taught me. The Lord recommended Job. When he said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? Go back and read your Bible, man. Go back and read your Bible, sir. What God asked, asked Satan, what have you been doing? He said, I've been going to and fro throughout the earth. He said, oh, you checked out Job, didn't you? He knew what he was doing. You've been out, you've been out of Job's house. And obviously he had, because Satan came back. He said, yeah, well, see, you blessed him, and you've greatly blessed him. you got a hedge of protection around him. That's why he served you. So obviously that means he had already checked Job out. So it wasn't God's idea to recommend Job, and God is not recommending you for your trial. God's not recommending you for hardship. God has already preserved you. He set a hedge, but you got to keep that hedge up by not allowing fear to overtake and overcome your life. Because if you would let fear, an ounce of fear, if you let an ounce of fear come in, fear tolerated is faith contaminated. If you tolerate, well, a little fear is healthy. No, a little fear is not healthy. A little fear is unhealthy. It's proven by medical science that fear damages or compromises your immune system. So everybody who's running from a virus right now and they're running in fear, they're opening themselves up actually to the virus. Every bacteria, every virus, every germ can come in because of people's fear. So it doesn't matter if you don't come to church. It doesn't matter if you don't go to the mall. It doesn't matter if you don't go to wherever. It, it can, you, can't, it, you can't stop from getting to your house if you got fear because your fear brings it to you. Are you following what I'm saying to you? All right, let's get back on point here. Now, so that's what we're saying. If people don't know that Satan is using this tactic, they'll yield to the fear and they will remain or become susceptible to the curse. Everybody say the curse. The curse. Tell your neighbor the curse is already out here. It's everywhere, it's all over the whole planet. It's not a new curse, the same old curse from Genesis. Same old curse. It's the same curse. Okay? Now, I want to make sure that you and I aren't susceptible. Hallelujah. I want to make sure we're vaccinated and inoculated and immunized. Second Corinthians chapter 2. Second Corinthians chapter 2. Let me just take my time. Hallelujah. I'm so I'm so grateful for you all. Praise God. Praise God. I mean that, man. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11. Paul is finishing a conversation or continuing the conversation he's having with the church of Corinth. He says, lest Satan should take advantage of us, 
for we are not ignorant of his devices. Lest Satan should take advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. What is he saying here? To us, what to us in our within context, if you are ignorant of Satan's devices, he can take advantage of you. So if you are by ignorant, don't think stupid. Nobody in here is stupid. We don't have no, no Forrest Gumps in here, right? Everybody here is intelligent. All right, you got strong IQs and all that kind of stuff. You can handle your own. But it's talking about ignorant of his, of Satan's devices. Ignorant of how Satan works. Ignorant of his weaponry. Ignorant of his tool chest. And if you don't know how Satan works, then you are susceptible to him now taking advantage of you. Ignorance allows Satan to take advantage of you or your situation. Did you get that? Yeah. Ignorance allows Satan. Now we already see fear. And the reason people are in fear is because they are ignorant. ignorant. Okay, y'all didn't say that. The reason people are in fear is because they're, they're ignorant. Not stupid. Ignorant of Satan's devices. Also ignorant, I, I, I admonish you to go back and get an opportunity. I preached a, a series uh, last year or the year before last, whatever it was, on understanding spiritual realities. And if you don't understand spiritual realities, you're ignorant of the spirit realm and what's going on, then you are fearful. You got it? Y'all got me? If I were riding a car with uh, Deacon Robert and Pauline, Pauline and Deacon Robert, I got to change that because my story works that way. If I'm riding a car with Pauline and Deacon Robert, and I'm looking over there at the gas needle, Look at, at the gas needle. I'm like, I'm saying, hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey, hey. What's, what's going on? Stop by the Stop at the Wawa. You're not, you're not hungry? Let's stop at the Wawa. Because <laughs> I'm going to slide some A. Let's get some gas. But see, I'm, I have a little fear because I'm ignorant of how their car works. See, she knows, they know, she, because this ain't deep. This, she knows how far she can go with the thing laying on the E. See, I don't know her car like that. I don't know their car. But they know their car. How many of y'all been like, y'all know that? Y'all know, you, you know your car, don't you? You know how far you can go with that gas that'll land down. How, how you know? Because you tried it several times. But the person who is ignorant is in fear. Are you following what I'm saying? So people across the world, and including the body of Christ, are in fear because of their ignorance of spiritual realities. Because they're ignorant of Satan's devices. They don't see and they don't know because most of them have not been taught how Satan works. Now, listen to this. That word device, now all the Greek Hebrew scholars out there don't judge me when I pronounce these words. I'm going to just say it how I see it. Noema. Thank you. You must be a scholar. See, you help me. Huh? You're learning. I'm, I'm, I'm learning on the computer. I just click on the things that pronounce it for me. So I yield. Thank you. That word noema means mental perception. This is Satan's. 
We're not ignorant of Satan's mental perception, thoughts. You know, God has thoughts that he thinks towards you. Well, Satan has thoughts that he thinks towards you. God has thoughts not of evil. Why, why would God have to say that? That his thoughts are not of evil. Because he knows that this other fella, his thoughts are of evil. Nothing good. He's up to no good. You ever see somebody, you look at them and say, hey, I'm no good. See somebody prowling around the neighborhood? <laughs> you know, no good. I mean, you just know them. You've been around the neighborhood long enough, you know they ain't no good. Listen, the devil is up to no good. His thoughts, his mental perception, then it says an evil purpose. So we're not ignorant of Satan's evil purpose. So Satan, you know, God has a purpose for your life, but so does Satan. That's why you got to make sure you're not following him because his purposes are going to lead you to hell or to and or to destruction. But God's purposes, his thoughts are going to lead you to heaven and, it's not an or, and the good life. You got it? So we're not ignorant of Satan's evil purpose. So Satan always and only has an evil purpose. You got it? He's up to no good. I like how you said he's up to no good. And he's behind the curse. Now, what am I preaching about tonight? Dean from the curse. So if he's behind the curse, that means he's behind COVID-19. He's behind coronavirus. He's behind COVID-14. He's behind H1N1. He's behind HIV and AIDS. He's behind leukemia. He's behind cancer. He's behind diabetes. He's behind lupus. He's behind dyslexia. He's behind poverty. He's behind lack. He's behind trouble. He's behind messing your marriage. He's behind. He's behind all the devil's behind all the foolishness. Anything evil comes from Satan. You got it? So we cannot be ignorant of his devices. Now, I want you to hear this. As long as people are ignorant, Satan can control them. Oh, that's big. As long as people are ignorant, Satan can control them. That's good. He can control them. All right. How many parents do I have in here? Parent, you have you have kids. They uh, they're not little babies. They're little, at least toddlers and above. At least toddlers and above. That means they could even be grown. All right. Now I'm just I'm just let's ask you a question. So when you first when your child is first born, they're all cute and they're all nice and everything is wonderful. But then they start walking and grabbing and doing and all kind of stuff. And they, you don't have to teach them how to do bad. You don't have to teach children how to lie. You don't have to teach them how to steal. You don't have to teach them how to, how to uh, uh, sneak. They, they don't have to do You don't have to do that. They, it, just, it just comes natural. The Bible says foolishness abounds in the heart of a child. But, y'all slow. Foolishness abounds in the heart of a child, but the rod of correction will drive it far from them. 
So the rod of correction, for some people it's a belt, some people it's a switch. How many of y'all remember a switch? Switch, what, it wasn't for us Nintendo. See, y'all, for y'all, switch to Nintendo. No, switch, switch was, you had to go outside, break a branch or switch off that tree and break, and don't you bring no little thing. We had a switch. Some people like in my house, we, we didn't really, my parents didn't use switches, they used belts. They already had, to, you had to look for it, they already had a belt. My dad had something called a white shark. Back in the days, in the 70s, they used to wear these wide belts, they used to have three or four holes in them. It's funny, my, my wife and I at home tonight, but as we were preparing for the night, we were thinking about as, as kids, it used to be so, so funny because you used to, like if you got in trouble at church or got in trouble at school, and then, but you know, you were going home later and you would hope your parents forgot. Because you look at your parents, your mom, your dad, they're, they're talking to all the other parents and everybody having a good time. Then you're on the way home and they're like, hey, you're going to get something to eat, all that kind of stuff. And you're just thinking, all right, they forgot. And then you're, it's worse because you realize they didn't forget and you get home, Lord, have mercy, they didn't forget. My parents never forgot. Now, they, they might have forgotten my name many times because it was five of us. So I had everybody's name. William, Warren, Jonathan, Julius, Leslie, who, who, some, whoever you are, come here. <laughs> you, know, you know who you are. You know what I'm talking about. But they, <laughs> but they never forgot to whoop me. Now that whoop put some fear in me. And what happened eventually, my mom could be in church. My mom was a missionary, first lady. So she'd sit, let's say, around this area, the layout of my church. She'd sit like right here. And I'd be way in that corner back there by media. And she, I'd be cutting up just, you know, like we, we did as kids. And she'd look. I didn't say she beat me. That look sat me down. That look straightened me out. That look shut my mouth. Why? Because I already have fear in me. Respect. No, not respect. It was fear. It was fear. It was fear. Straight up fear. Put the fear of God in you. I fear God, but I feared you too. See? And that was real. So they were able to control me just with that. So if the devil can get people in fear, he can control them. They won't fly. Fear. Got to get somewhere to hurry. I'm going to just drive. I'm going to just drive. Why? Fear. I mean, you could be somewhere in an hour, but I'm going to drive eight hours to get there. Why? Fear, fear of flying? No, fear of dying. They're not, they're not afraid of flying. They're afraid of dying. So if, if he has people in fear, he controls them. Just, just in your mind, think of all the examples in your own life. Not, not think about anybody else. Let's, let's be, be for real about ourselves. Maybe not anymore, but you remember a time when you were in fear of something and it controlled everything you did. 
it, it control how people spend their money? Fear. Fear running out. Oh, Lord. You, you, need, you need a new pair of socks. Come on, come on, wives. You need a new pair of socks. Y'all ain't saying that to me. I'll mess with you. You need some new underwear. And fear will control everything you do. Are y'all hearing this tonight? So the reason people, see, people don't realize they're being controlled right now. They think they're in control. I'm going to lock my door. I'm going to wear these gloves. I'm going to wear this mask. I'm going to stay six feet away from you. Out of abundance of caution? No, it's an abundance of fear. That fear is controlling you. You watch people going on the street right now. We, we were watching a guy going on the street in a car by himself with gloves on trying to eat his food. I want to say, bro, man, bro, man, the gloves are still a surface. It, you know, you follow what I'm saying to you? We were watching, we saw this girl the other day, we were, we were in one restaurant, and she was so afraid, she was at the little pad where you, where you try to, uh, where you have to put your number in, she's going to do it with her elbow. Like, Lady, what is wrong with you? I'm like, what in the what is that? But fear controls people. Some people who, who should have already changed jobs or changed careers, and you didn't because you were in fear. Some people who should have already launched out in their own business, and you didn't because of fear. She so said, don't tell me it's not real, it's not true. It's way more than just a virus or some thing out here. Fear will control people's lives every single day. I should have got married, but I was scared. Right? <laughs> Being cautious. No, you're afraid. Now, let's keep going here. First John 5 and verse 18 and 19. Because what I said to you again was as long as people are ignorant of Satan's devices, Satan can control them, even believers. Even believers. Even believers. Even believers, there are a lot of believers that are in fear right now. Now, I'm not, I, I, I keep saying this, and I'm on a crusade, a campaign for this. I'm not blaming the members. I'm not blaming the people. I'm blaming the pastors. Y'all ain't going to say anything. I'm blaming the shepherds. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. All right. You're in John, 1 John 1, 5, brother? Yes, sir. 1 John 5, verses, um, what did I tell y'all? That don't look right. Oh, no wonder. I'm in 2 Corinthians. <laughs> hold up. Hold up. Hold up. You go to 1 John. All right, I'm with y'all now. I'm with y'all now. 
1 John 5, verse 18 and 19 says, We know that whoever or whatever is born of God does not sin. And the church said, Amen. Amen. But he who has been born of God keeps himself. In other words, keeps himself from sin, right? Pure. Now watch this last part. And the wicked one does not touch him. What? How many of y'all old enough to remember MC Hammer? Can't touch this. My, 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 my music is so hard. Make me safe. Oh my. All right. All right, y'all. Come back, come back, come back, come back. Remember the pants? Oh, oh, oh. Here come the hammer. All right. Okay. But he said the wicked one does not touch him. So some, some, of, some of you older, your older saints, remember an remember, uh, old show used to be called The Untouchables. Everybody say, I'm an untouchable. Say it again, I'm an untouchable. I can't be touched. Now see, but if you don't know that, then you become susceptible. But I can't be touched. Well, yeah, I don't know, Reverend, I know so-and-so. I don't care what happened to so-and-so. See, the worst thing that you can do is let someone else's experience change your perspective on the word of God. Well, so-and-so died, so-and-so whatever. See, the thing, the thing I can't, I can't uh, explain is what spiritual laws they broke. Because there are spiritual laws just like there are natural laws. And the spiritual laws are more powerful than natural laws. How I know? Watch this. When the rapture happens, y'all know Jesus is coming, right? When the rapture happens, we're going to break all gravity. Spiritual law is going to supersede natural law. Got it? So I, I, can't, I can't vouch for what spiritual laws people break. All I know is what the word of God said, and it said, the wicked one does not touch him. Say, the wicked one does not touch me. Say, I'm untouchable. Help me out. Say, devil, you can't touch this. You can't touch this. Who you think you are? I'm an untouchable. I am born of God. That's who I think I am. I know it. I'm born of God. Said I'm born of God. I can't be touched. See, and 90 plus percent of the church doesn't even realize this. The world doesn't realize it at all. They don't realize it at all. So in their mind, I want to make sure I don't get touched. So I hide. I'm going, I'm going to protect myself. I don't want to protect myself. It told me the word's protecting me. I'm born of God. My new nature, I'm, my new divine nature is my protection. The Bible says we, you and I have been made partakers of God's divine nature. That new divine nature protects me. I can't be touched. All right, now, let's look at the flip side of this. Look at verse 19. We know, we know, untouchables, we know that we are of God. 
And the whole world, that's the whole, the rest of the world, lies under the sway of the wicked one. Okay? Now let's look at that in a, in a simple translation. If, I hope you have uh, the Passion Translation uh, ready to roll for me here. I want to look at that, those same two verses in the Passion Translation. Good job. It says, we are convinced that everyone fathered by God. Oh, yes, sir. Ask your who's your daddy? Who's your daddy? I've been fathered by God. Right? That's what the Bible says. We've been born again of the incorruptible seed of the word of God. So I'm born of God, right? So who, we, we are convinced that everyone fathered by God does not make sinning a way of life. Because the son of God. Because the son of God. Thank God for a mask and thank God for gloves and thank God for the CDC and thank God for the police. But the son of God protects the child of God. Just shout hallelujah one good time. Man, I'm excited, boy. If that thing went, I might run through the middle of this aisle right here, boy. I'm, I'm like, I'm, look, this is good. The son of God protects the child of God. Is that wonderful or what? I'm not supposed to protect myself. I learned this a while back. I think I, it was Brother Copeland or somebody talked about that. When people would say, hey, take care. And I would say, no, I don't take care. No, I don't take care. That's, that's not my thought. I don't, I don't take, the Bible says, uh, you know, don't, don't take it. Take no thought for your life what you'll eat. No, I don't take care. I cast my cares. Now, I understand what they're trying to say. What they're trying to say is be careful. But the Bible says be careful for nothing. <laughs> See, so I'm, I understand what they're trying to say. So most times I don't correct people. I just say to myself, oh, I don't take no care. God bless you. I don't no care. You follow what I'm saying? So the Son of God protects the child of God and, read this last part, Cannot touch him. Look at your neighbor and say, you can't be touched. You cannot be touched. That's why I'm not scared to step out. I can't be touched. Oh, that's arrogant. It's not arrogance, it's confidence. Is, is the word true or not? The word is truth. And the truth endures to all generations. No matter what is on the face of the earth, the truth endures to all generations. So I cannot, it, it, he cannot touch me. Well, look at verse 19 of the Passion. Watch this. We know that we are God's children. How many of y'all know you're God's children? And that the whole world lies under the misery and influence of the evil one. That's what's wrong with everybody. Miserable. And they mad at you because they want you to be miserable too. Six feet. I mean, I saw last week, maybe a week, week ago, uh, sometime, this lady, she was 81 years old, and uh, I think that's about what it was. She was near a hospital. She was, going, she was going to the hospital because she had um, 
uh, bowel blockage or intestinal blockage, something like that. She was there for that. And this 31 or 37-year-old uh, young lady, uh, the, it, the elderly lady must have gotten a little too close to her. She knocked her out. The 37-year-old knocked the 81-year-old lady out. She fell, hit her head. She died. Because she said, because she was mad. She told the police this. She was mad because the lady got too close to her. Supposed to have six feet. She, she missed, the lady died. Do you see that fear will control you? Now that lady was worried about coronavirus. You got a worse problem than coronavirus now. <laughs> you probably gonna wish you had coronavirus now because. Are you seeing what I'm saying to you? Do you see how Satan's miser misery and influence on people just drives them and torments their lives? And again, sadly enough, my, my heart goes out to people in the body of Christ who are captivated by the same fear. This misery and influence is supposed to be for the world. Not for us. So the whole world is lying that way. Give me the uh, contemporary English version. Same verses, please. First uh, John 5, 18 and 19. It says here in the, in the CEV, listen to this. We are sure God's children do not keep on sinning. I'm sure. That's for sure. That's a for sure right on. God's real children don't just keep on sinning. Now you, this is not to say you'll never sin. That's why First John said, if, if, you, if you do sin, you have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. If you do sin, you confess that sin to Jesus Christ, to, to the Father, and he is faithful and just to forgive you of your sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So you can get over it. And my admonishment to people is, you repent real quick. Right? Now, God's own son protects them, and the devil cannot harm them. See, for people to, to think the devil can get to them, they got to think that he can get past Jesus. Get past Jesus. The devil couldn't beat Jesus Christ when he had Jesus in, on his own turf. Y'all know Jesus Christ went to hell? Jesus went actually to hell, was there three days. And the devil couldn't whip him. I mean, and when the devil had Jesus in hell, the devil had all his demons around. So the devil and all his thousands of demons couldn't stop Jesus. So you think Jesus Christ would let a little virus or a little germ get past him to get to one of God's children? No, 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 no. I'm safe and secure. devil cannot harm me. He can't get past my big brother. You can't get past my big brother. Glory to God. Say glory to God. You can't get past my big brother. 
He beat you on your own home turf, sucker. That ain't a bad word, is it? Some of y'all from the 70s and 60s, y'all remember that sucker? W O Jive Turkey. Right? Can't get past Jesus, little chump. He whooped you. Matter of fact, the Bible says he made a show of you openly, triumphing over you on the cross. Jesus whooped him. Jesus whooped him. Whooped him. I mean, a, a thorough beat down. And he's still beating him. How you know? Because in 1989, February 12th, when I came to Jesus Christ, he beat him. Because for, for 17 years, the devil had me. <laughs> but when I gave my life to Jesus at 17 years of age, Jesus said, whooped you again. Hallelujah. There's a psalmist named Ron Canole. I know how many of you have ever heard of Ron Canole. Ron Canole has this great song that says, uh, uh, Jesus is the winner man. It's the winner. He's the winner. But they do it as Jake, this like Caribbean accent, Caribbean beat. Jesus is the winner man. It's so fun to see Satan lose. It's fun to see Satan lose. When somebody gets healed, Satan loses. When somebody gets saved, Satan loses. When somebody gets delivered, Satan loses. When somebody gets their marriage put back together, Satan loses. And it's fun to see Satan lose. Glory to God. Give me verse 19 here, 1 John 5, 19, the CEV. It says, we are certain we come from God. Now watch this. Here it is to be clear. And the rest of the world is under the power of the devil. So you see that. I, I want you to see what's controlling this whole system out there. The rest of the world is under the power of the devil. So he controls the media. He controls arts. He controls entertainment. He controls the government. He controls um, uh, business. He controls, to, to a great degree, religion. Because religion is not from God. Religion is not from Christ. Religion is from the devil. Religion is man's attempt, man's way to try to uh, do things himself. That's religion. You and I don't have religion. Have you got good religion? Nope. Certainly don't. No, nope, no, nope. I have a relationship with Jesus Christ. I'm not trying to figure out. See, that was, if you read Romans chapter 10, Romans chapter 10 was about religion. He said, brethren, Romans 10 verse 1, brethren, my heart's desire and prayer for Israel is that they might be saved. For our brethren record that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. They've not submitted themselves to the righteousness of God. They've gone and established their own righteousness. Religion is establishing your own righteousness. That's what the Hindus and the Buddhists and everybody else, all the Muslims, that's what they try to establish their own righteousness. And there are Christians, the Jews, are still trying to establish their own righteousness. So when you and I get born again, we have, we're not establishing our own righteousness. We're in verse, what verse 6 called in Romans 10, the righteousness of faith. 
It's the righteousness of faith. Our faith brings our righteousness. You got it? So my faith, I believe God. I believe whatever God said to me. So then, so then the devil is controlling this whole world system. I refuse to be controlled by a liar. Say it, I refuse refuse to be controlled by a liar. liar. I mean, the devil's big liar. I don't even like liars around me. You meet somebody there a liar, you know they're a liar. Dangerous. You ask me what time is it? (laughs) That's right, I don't believe you. I don't believe you. Let me go find me a watch. Let me go find me a clock. I can't even ask you what time it is. <laughs> Say it, I refuse to be controlled by a liar. Give, give me John 8.44 in the CEV. Go back to CEV. John 8.44 in the CEV. About the devil. Now I'm showing you what we've been redeemed from. We're going we're to get there by Wednesday, Lord's willing. Your father... Jesus was talking to these uh, Pharisees who wouldn't believe him. So he said, your father is the devil. So just for people watching online, we are not all God's children. He said, you are of your father, the devil, and you do exactly what he wants. Watch this. He has always been a murderer and a liar. So what is he doing right now on the earth? He's murdering and lying. He's murdering and lying by the thousands. And it didn't just start with coronavirus, 19. From the beginning, he has been a murderer and a liar. There is nothing truthful about him. He speaks on his own and everything he says, everything he says, everything he says, is a lie. That's why you got to consider the source of any information you get. You got to consider the source of every, all information you get. People bring some information and uh, you better check it out first. You hear it on the news? See, because there's a huge scam going on right now. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. While people sleeping, there's a whole big scam going on right now all across, all across the world. It's being exposed. Being exposed. I can't talk about it too much because I don't have much time, but you better watch what's happening with this whole internet of things and everything going on, everything being set up. In this, all the little boxes they've been painting around St. Petersburg, all the little old telephone boxes they've been painting. Art is not the end goal. It's hiding something inside. It's hiding what has what made most of the folk in China sick. So if you think coronavirus is the issue, that ain't the issue. Okay? See, he's a murderer and a liar. He's the father of lies. Look what it says. Not only is he a liar himself, but he is also the father of all lies. So any lie you hear, it came from the devil. If your cousin tell you a lie, 
they got it from the devil. You understand? Your child tell you a lie? Your child didn't think about that. It was produced by a seed. Oh, my goodness. So I need to know. Let me hurry up because I'm, I'm out of time already. I need to know for myself that I have been redeemed from the curse. Therefore, it has no power over my, no power in my life. I must know that Christ has redeemed me from the curse and that it, the curse, has no power in my life. I'll read it again. I must know that Christ has redeemed me from the curse and that it has no power in my life. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Let me borrow five more minutes from you. Can I have them? Y'all grant me five minutes? So I just, just want to set up for tomorrow night. I need to know for myself that I have been redeemed from the curse and it has no power in my life. Now, here's a question for anybody who's, who's new or even people who are old. What is the curse? Or what does the curse do? Okay? So I'm going to show you a couple of scriptures here. Let's look back. I want to look back to the, to the beginning, to the book of Genesis, and let's see what the curse is or what it looks like or what it does. Okay? Very quickly, Genesis 3.14 from the New Living Translation. Genesis 3.14, they have it on the screen for us in the New Living Translation. Watch what it says. Then the Lord God said to the serpent, remember this from Sunday? A few of y'all. Because you have done this, you are cursed. Now he's talking to a serpent, right, which is a snake. They, they back out right now. All the snakes back out. The springtime, the snakes, they're trying to make babies, so they're all out right now. So they're going to they're gonna see them all in your driveway, all in your bushes, all in your front yard, everywhere. The snakes are out. Okay? He says, because you have done this, you are cursed more than all animals, domestic and wild. Here's what the curse did to, this, to the serpent. You will crawl on your belly, groveling in the dust as long as you live. So the curse will force anybody who's under it to a low level of living. And groveling in the dust. How many of you know what groveling is? Groveling is like begging. It's, oh, come on, please, 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 please. Grovel, the curse will make you a beggar. Oh, please, let me live. Let me live. Maybe I don't want to die. I don't want to die. I don't want to die. Oh, my God. See, that's that groveling. That's groveling. That's that begging. It's a low level of living. And I'm showing you this is the, what the curse did to the serpent. Now, that means the serpent before this was upright. Now, I don't like snakes. I'm, a lizard I'm okay with. Butterflies are okay. If the robin can say thank you, we can do it too. I mean, the birds are fine, but a snake, I just, snakes and me don't get along. And that's when they're laying, when they're going like this. If I saw a snake like this, 
words and talking? Oh, may your dreams be sweet tonight. May your dreams be sweet tonight. Praise the Lord. <laughs> so groveling in the dust, low-level living is the default lifestyle. It's the curse. So in other words, when you come into the earth, the default lifestyle, you know, you know what I mean by default? It means you don't have to do anything for this. The default lifestyle is groveling or low-level living in the dust. You got it? In Psalm 113, verse 7, you have to turn that and put it on the screen for us, please. In Psalm 113, verse 7, it says, God raises the poor out of the dust. So poverty is a result of the curse. Low-level living is a result of the curse. The Bible says God raises the poor out of the dust. So God wants to bless you and bring you up out of that. So if you're born again, you have no no place in the dust. If you're born again, you have no place groveling, begging for anything. If you're born again, you have no place living a low-level lifestyle. Because your Bible says that he lifts the poor from the dust and the needy from the garbage dump. Go ahead and leave that garbage lifestyle this year. I said go ahead and leave that garbage lifestyle this year. Leave that in your past. You don't belong there. You belong on the high places of the earth. You got it? All right, let me give you one more. One more here. Genesis 3, verse 17 and 18. Genesis 3, verse 17 and 18. We're going to look at it again in, in the New Living Translation. I want, just want you, I'm just trying to get you to see what the curse looks like. It says here, and to the man he said, since you listened to your wife and ate from the tree whose fruit I commanded you not to eat, this is Adam and Eve, right? right? The ground is cursed. Notice he didn't curse him. He said the ground is cursed because of you. All your life, you will struggle to scratch a living from it. So the ground is cursed, and it's going to produce struggle. So notice the curse is producing struggle. Then verse 18, verse 18, it will grow thorns and thistles for you, though you will eat of its grains. So the ground, because it's cursed, will grow thorns and thistles. So think about this. In your yard, if you have a yard or you've ever been around a yard, nobody plants weeds. You can't go to Home Depot and order some weeds. Weeds, W-E-E-D-S, just to make sure we're clear. Weeds. Weeds. I gotta make sure I'm right, I'm right with everybody now. You don't, have to, you, can't, you don't have to order weeds or plant weeds. Weeds come up naturally. Why? Because of the curse. Even if you go outside and you plant beautiful roses, beautiful, beautiful tulips or, you know, whatever, weeds are going to pop up. You, you can lay the most beautiful grass. St. Augustine, you can lay that beautiful, thick, therapeutic grass, Deacon Tyrone. But if, if you're not careful, if you don't stop it, those weeds are going to still come up. Dollar weeds, is a, that stuff is just going to come, crab grass, it's, just gonna, it's weeds that's going to come up. Why? Because the curse is out there. So the default is negative stuff. In other words, if you want good grass, you've got to plant that. If you want roses, you've got to plant that. It would be great if roses just came, came naturally. You've got to plant roses. You hear what I'm saying? 
So if you want something good, you got to plant that. You have to intentionally produce good. A good man, out of the good treasure of his heart, brings forth good things. So you got to intentionally bring forth good things, but bad things, you don't have to do anything for it. You just let things go, and all the kind of bad things that happen. Am I right about it? Because the curse is already out there. Okay? So sickness and disease. Let's go to Deuteronomy 28. And we'll close here. I want to I really honor your time tonight. Thank you so much for coming. Deuteronomy 28. Now we are honoring God. Because you don't have to be here. Deuteronomy 28, verse 15. Now we know the verse, first 14 verses of Deuteronomy 28, all about the blessing. Yeah. We're blessed in the city. We're blessed in the free. We know that. We like that. But there's some curses out there too. Look at verse 15. But it shall come to pass if you do not obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all his commandments and his statutes which I command you today, that all these what? will come upon you and overtake you. That's what weeds do. Weeds will overtake grass. If you don't stop the weeds, at our house, even at the church, we, we pay a company to come spray the yard every month. Why? Because if you don't, those weeds will overtake your grass. You, you spend all that money on the grass. You ain't got to spend money on weeds. Unless you're going to smoke it, you got to spend money on it. This is the regular weeds. You ain't got to spend no money for that stuff. That tells you it's wrong. You're supposed to be smoking nothing you got to buy. You got to buy it ain't for you. Y'all got it? I'm just trying to help people. People worry about corona, but they smoking weed. You tan your lungs up. Sales and everything, you're just killing yourself slowly. <laughs> Can't remember nothing. I got, what you got? I got CRS. What happened? I can't remember stuff. COVID-19, people got CRS. Um, all right, what was I talking about? Okay, okay, go to verse 20. All right, now watch. I, want you, I just want you to see this before we go home. Verse, verse, uh, now we're going to pray before we leave too, okay? Verse 20 through 22. 20 through 22. The Lord will send on you cursing, confusion, and rebuke, and all that you set your hands to do. Now, when, I, when we see here the Lord will send, understand the Hebrew doesn't have a, a tense that dis distinguishes this. It really means the Lord will allow. In other words, the blessing... Uh, the hedge of blessing keeps this stuff from happening. But if you don't obey God, he removes that hedge of blessing and he allows these things to come because they're natural. You got it? So allow me to read like that. The Lord will allow cursing, confusion, and rebuke you and all that you set your hand to until you are destroyed and until you perish quickly because of the wickedness of your doings in which you have forsaken me, the Lord. The Lord will make or allow the plague, the plague, that's what COVID is, a plague to cling to you until he has consumed you from the land which you are going 
to possess. You see this. I want you to see sickness. This is what everybody's worried about. There's all kind of stuff out there going wrong, but right now everybody's worried about sickness. Okay? So I've got to deal with this week on sickness. I might deal with your money on Wednesday. But let's deal with this sickness. The Lord will strike you or allow you to be stricken with consumption, with, 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 that's that COVID, fever, inflammation, that's all kind of itises. Every itis is inflammation. Hepatitis, inflammation, right? Arthritis, bursitis. Okay, that's all inflammation. That's all, that's what itis means, inflammation. Okay? <laughs> There's a lot of itises out there. I was thinking about the itis y'all get when y'all eat. <laughs> it's inflammation of your belly. You know you... <laughs> okay, let's keep going. Inflammation with severe burning fever. Severe burning fever. Everybody's worried about severe burning fever. With the sword, with scorching, and with mildew, they shall pursue you until you perish. Y'all got it? Now this is, this is the curse. Now I'm going to teach you, you come back tomorrow night, you've been redeemed from the curse. Verse 27, verse 27. The Lord will strike you, allow you to be stricken with the boils of Egypt. Now, Egypt is the world system. With tumors, with the scab, scabies, all that kind of stuff, or any kind of scab. With the itch, that's all kind of dermatitis, dermatitis and those kind of issues. Y'all hearing this here? Anybody got rashes? The Lord will heal you right now. You've been redeemed from that. Eczema? You've been redeemed from that. Glory to God. From, he says here, from which you cannot be healed. Which means when a plague hits and you're under the curse, you can't be healed. All you can do is be treated. Put this little cream on there. Take this little pill, we'll, we'll treat it. They know they can't heal it. Well, it went away, but what did it produce? Now you got to deal with the side effects. Are y'all getting this here? Okay. All right, now let's, let's keep going here and finish this off. Drop down to verse 58. 58 through 61, then we'll stop. If you do not carefully observe all the words of this law that are written in this book, that you may fear the glorious and awesome name, the Lord your God, then the Lord will bring or allow upon you and your descendants extraordinary plagues. Extraordinary plague? That's, that's like a pandemic. That's an extraordinary. In other words, there are some ordinary plagues like the flu. America lost 24,000 people this season from the flu. 24,000 people died this season from the flu. But for us, that's an ordinary plague. And nobody shut anything down. And we lost 24,000 people in America alone from the flu. Extraordinary plagues. Great and prolonged plagues. And serious and prolonged sicknesses. This is under the curse. You ain't got to worry about nothing. Moreover, he will bring back on you all the diseases of Egypt of which you were afraid. And they shall cling to you. 
Now let's let's catch let's let's make sure we catch everything. We're gonna catch everything now. Any disease or sickness you can name, we're gonna catch all of it on this one verse right here, verse 61. Also, every sickness and every plague which is not written in this book of the law will the Lord bring or allow upon you until you are destroyed. So I mean anything you can name out there, any kind of little thing they got. I mean, they got new names for new for stuff that comes up every day. I'm like, Pastor, what is that? But no matter what they call it, it's covered in verse 61. Now, you and I, according to Galatians 3.13, have been redeemed from the curse. Been redeemed from the curse. And the wicked one cannot touch us. And we have no need to fear. If we don't fear, the devil can't control us. He can't control us. He can't stop me from praising God. He can't stop me from worshiping God. He can't stop me from seeing one of y'all and giving you a hug. Because I'm not in any fear. I can't be touched. You see? Why? I know, Chris, I'm redeemed from the curse. See, I was saying this Sunday as I was ministering, and uh, come on up, Luke. Come up here. We're gonna because we're gonna pray in a minute. I think at least you're gonna pray, right? Um, my wife and I are talking about Sunday. You know, we were talking about it today. About way back in 2002, the Lord delivered us, uh, brought us out into this kingdom system, the kingdom way of doing things. And we've been through some physical challenges in our life, in our lives. In the last 18 years. Last 18 years, we've, I'm not telling you we've never been sick, never had any attacks. We've had all kind of attacks in our bodies. But because, no, because we know we've been redeemed, we never had these prolonged, anything came, it couldn't cling, it couldn't stay on us. And have not been to a doctor, have not been in anybody's emergency room, have not been on anybody's prescriptions, and had not... Again, I'm not, I don't knock anybody for where you are because you have to grow into this. God meets you right where you are. Isn't that wonderful? But as the more we put our trust in him, the more he grows us up, grows us up in, in all things so that we can continue now uh, so that when the big one hits, you don't, get, you don't get under pressure. You say, give me the ball. I want the last second shot. I got that killer instinct, and I can't lose. Amen? Amen. Everybody say, I'm redeemed, I'm redeemed from, the from the curse. Say it again, I'm redeemed, I'm redeemed from, the from the curse. And the curse, and the curse has, no power has no power in my life. In my life. Now, let's, I want you to repeat this after me real quick. Christ has redeemed me, has redeemed me from the curse of the law. Therefore, Therefore, I forbid, I forbid any, sickness any sickness or disease, or disease to, come upon this body. to come upon this body. Every disease, every, disease, every, germ, every germ, and every virus, every virus that touches my body, touches my body dies, instantly dies instantly in the name of Jesus. Name of Jesus. Every, organ every organ and every tissue, every tissue of my body, of my body. functions. In the, in the perfection 
to which God created it to function. And I forbid any malfunction in my body in the name of Jesus. Now give God a big praise. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Give him praise. Now, we're done. Elisa's going to lead us in, in a few minutes of prayer. I'm inviting all of y'all to stay. We're going to pray for not only ourselves, we're going to pray for this nation, this world. And then uh, once she finishes, we're done. I'm asking all those who uh, Sister Barbara has on, you've, you've volunteered to be on our prayer line. I need a quick meeting with you after service tonight. Our prayer line is set up and ready to go. I need to give you some instructions on our prayer line, okay? So come on, Sister Elise. Grab that microphone. Minister Elise. Get that microphone. Oh, you got the one over here. All right. Good, good. Hallelujah.
can't tell you how overwhelmed I am. Ooh. Thank you, Jesus. How blessed we are yeah. to be the pastors of this church. My God, yes. My God, yes. You all are extra special. Yes. Mm-hmm. And God has a tremendous extra special reward for every one of you. My God, yes. Hallelujah. You're going to be blessed. Yes beyond measure I guarantee it I guarantee it this is just the first night we're going to go deeper and higher tomorrow we start promptly at 7 o'clock p.m. so be here be here early if you can and uh, those watching online will start streaming I think around 6.55 or so so everybody knows so we'll see you tomorrow night in the house. Before you go, if you're comfortable with it, just on your way out, just hug somebody, high five, whatever you want to do. Tell them I love you and I'll see you tomorrow. Amen. God bless you. Have a great night.